0: Today's episode is brought to you by North Texas Honda Dealers. North Texas Honda Dealers, we have a great relationship with North Texas Honda Dealers. They've been fantastic partners to us over the years. Stop by and test drive a top line Honda vehicle like the Honda Accord, which is my vehicle actually, which I've driven for six years now, and drive all over the state of Texas. And speak to the most helpful sales team in the business. North Texas Honda Dealers, they are here to help. Welcome, everyone, to the Republic of Football. Week 7 is upon us. I'm your host, Shahan J. Raja, the college football insider at Dave Campbell's Texas Football. You can find our work on texasfootball.com. Subscribe to the show. Give us a five-star review on your preferred platform. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Follow me on Twitter at Shahan J. Raja. I'll explain it. How to spell it later. And we're joined today by a very special guest. Well, kind of.
1: Mm.
0: <laughs> Managing editor Greg Tepper from <laughs> Dave Campbell's Texas Football
1: You're joined by a guest Let's I, just, I, that, That's
0: as factual as we can get Yes Absolutely But you know what It's always great to have Greg on the program It's been a few weeks It's been a few weeks So I hopefully you're not too saturated uh, no. with Greg content. No uh,
1: Listen You guys can pull the ripcord on having as much as you want with me anytime you want The good thing <laughs> is that you like we now live in a society where you can Enjoy your... You can enjoy my takes responsibly. Yeah.
0: Is there a responsible way to enjoy your takes?
1: Uh, yes, not at all.
0: Oh, okay, okay, okay. Please keep listening to this podcast. <laughs> well, as we mentioned, six weeks of the season are complete. We're technically at the halfway point. Now we can get into the whole... Now ah, There's 14 weeks. Whatever. We're at the halfway point. We're six games into the season. We're not going to talk about weeks here. We're not going to... Whatever. Six weeks.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Most teams are at the halfway point. Most teams have finished at least six games to this point. What better time to evaluate every team so far than right now? And we're gonna go through, we're gonna give every team a grade, we're gonna go reverse order through the Texas College Power Poll, which can be found at texfootball.com. We're gonna go reverse order, we're gonna give them a grade, and we're gonna name a team MVP. Okay. You ready for it?
1: I'm ready, now I have a question. What's up? Are we giving them a grade based on what we had expected from them? or are we giving them a grade based on overall performance? Like, my question is, are all these kids in the same class, or are we judging, or are there some kids who are in the more advanced class and others who are in the more remedial class? I'm going to leave it up to you, but, okay. but for
0: me, I think that I'm going to go ahead and judge them based on expectations. So based on a curve? Based on a curve, okay. yes. I, I, I'm i not going to say, God dang it, uh, Rice, mm-hmm. why aren't you performing like Texas? Yeah. I'm not going to do that. Got Yeah, yeah. So... Let's go ahead and get started. Why wait? Why wait? I'm going to give you one guess
1: who the first team on our list is, bottom of the Texas College Power Poll. Boy, um, I just can't think of anybody who's a bad football team in the state of Texas. This is hard. There's only one, of course. Oh, yes, yeah, there's only one. <laughs> there's only yes, one. Yes. Sadly, we have to go to one of my
0: favorite cities to, to find them. The University of Texas at El Paso. First-year head coach Dana Dimmel with the program – Look, and, and it's early. It's his first season. He's trying to do something completely different. We'll see whether what he wants to do actually works. But Dana Dimmel, unfortunately, winless through his first six games at UTEP. They have a bye week this week, but the losing streak is up to 18 straight games. They lose 30-10 to 10 in the opener to Northern Arizona to an FCS program. They've gone winless other than that. Now, we'll say, I'll, I'll give them a little bit of credit. They've actually looked pretty good the last two weeks. And last three weeks, really. Mm-hmm. Only losing by a couple of points to UNT, to New Mexico State, um, and, to,
1: and... to UTSA. And
0: to UTSA. and Of course, to UTSA. What
1: where where would you give them right now? Right now, the mighty UTEP Miners, I would probably give them a D. Okay. Um, I think that before this, this kind of three-game flurry, if you were judging it based entirely on the first three games... You would say that it would be an F, but rice, for rice. now, I think that they're trending in, a, in an okay direction. I think that they, they showed a lot of fight and a lot of actual skill in their game against North Texas. Definitely, and they're. I think that they're. You know, they they, they feel like now maybe they've kind of, It sounds like they've kind of given up on Kyle Oxley. They've moved on to Ryan Metz at the quarterback spot. As a result, now the onus is on the offense to find another running threat because Kylox was pretty much their best runner. Definitely. The defense remains um, a, a colossal dumpster fire. Awful. It remains very bad, but the offense is very bad as well. I do think they are trending in an okay direction, so I'm willing to give them the benefit the, the, of the doubt and give them a D. But make no mistake, they are—they like what is it? Se- they are they making a 71 right now.
0: It's right. 71.
1: If a, you know, se- under 70 is failing. They—they have a 71 and a half.
0: Well, 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 we don't have to get into the semantics. Okay, I'm, I'm pretty sure that that's a C. But yeah. you know, I—it's been a while since you were in school. You know, uh, usually Man, when you're really? going a D, usually when you're going yeah. a D, you're going like a 65ish. Yeah.
1: Man. <laughs> Maybe, I, I don't know. I'm. Yeah, I think you're right. I remember... I don't know. I, well, we don't need to get into that. <laughs> I just remember A's being 92 to 100. Do you remember that? Where this? did you go to school? We went to the same school. That's true. Both of us Cowbell High School graduates. Cowboy fight never dies. <laughs> okay, so go on. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah.
0: Anyway, but, but I, I think that I'm about with you. I'm going to give them a D minus because okay. they're not totally failing. Yeah. They're pretty dang close. They're not totally failing... These last couple weeks, they've showed something. My big concern with them, though, well, I have a lot of concerns. About Besides them. everything. <laughs> but my big concern with them is that I don't see the thing that's changing. Right. You know, it, it's, oh, we're kind of able to rustle up some stuff, make some things happen. Some weeks, it's like they can run okay. Sometimes it's that, oh, well, maybe Kyloxy or Ryan Metz has a good passing game. Obviously, Ryan Metz last week, those were 313 yards. But that's brand new. That's mm-hmm. something that nobody expected. Their team MVP, I-, I will say, Q. Wadley has been pretty impressive for them.
1: Yeah, he's you know this was a kid coming out of um, coming out of I believe Kennedale, if I remember yep, correctly. Correct, correct. Um, was a guy we were really excited about. Q. Wadley is a really solid running back that is finally getting a chance. I think he's finally healthy, basically. Definitely. He's finally getting a chance to, to flex. But um, I mean, I think you're right. One of the things that, that is most frustrating about this UTEP team is that we were hoping that Dana Dimmel would come in and give them an identity, right. And right now, if you ask me, what is UTEP football about, I don't know if I can do that. Right. Like we could, the next team that we're about to talk about, at the very least, you can say that they have an identity. You can't say that with UTEP.
0: Definitely. Again, a D-minus for UTEP for me, uh, Q Wadley, team MVP, through uh, through a couple of games, he's got 358 yards, 5.6 yards per carry is pretty impressive. They really need to give him the ball more, It's a big mm-hmm. part of it, and maybe they are trying to keep him healthy, is, is, a, is obviously a huge parts. Uh, but UTEP, still looking for an identity, still winless <laughs> through six games so far. And, of course, at the bottom of our power pole. Moving on, next up we've got the Rice Owls. They hired coach Mike Bloomgren over the offseason, so they have a new coach as well. They hired him, former offensive coordinator at Stanford University. Really good hire, in my opinion. And through the first couple weeks, you've seen some signs. Uh, their only win so far is against Texas Southern. Preview but- uh, previewing them. Prairie View a mm-hmm. excuse me, excuse me, mixing my HBC user. I'm mm-hmm. so sorry. Uh, but Prairie View A&M, and, uh, and look, I, I've liked a lot of what they've been able to do. They've been able to establish a little bit of that run game. Um, you've even seen some of that explosive run game with their team MVP, who I'll name in just a minute. Uh, so they have a couple of guys who are different pace guys at running back. Quarterback Sean Stankovic, it's actually looked pretty good most of the time. He's faded a little bit lately. He looked bad last week. He yeah. looked very bad last week. Uh, the defense sucks. Mm-hmm. The defense is terrible.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but you know what? It was a first, it's a first year. It's a new identity. It's doing something
1: completely different than what David Bailiff was doing. I'm going to give him about a C. I'm going to give them a D+. Plus. And the reason that, I'll, do that I'll, I'll say that is that there have been times when the defenses looked really good. Last weekend's UTSA. Now, granted, it's UTSA and they cannot move the ball. We'll get to them in a moment, but they looked really good then. They the offense actually looked really good against Southern Miss yeah. a couple weeks ago. It actually looked really and good. And a
0: very good Southern Miss yes. defense.
1: And at the very least, they are they look like they're trying to establish an identity. But the bottom line is that they do not have the horses on campus. They no. just don't. No. And they don't have the, they don't have the talent on campus. They've only got a couple of guys right now that I would. Honestly, qual like that I would say. Oh, those are legit bona fide FBS talents. Right. There's just not enough of that on campus. What what you're running into is kind of a similar situation that we had with Texas State a couple of years ago, where they just they were just under talented. And right. right now, I feel like that's the case, especially in the trenches, is where they're really getting killed. And so for me, I would give them a D plus. I think that they are. They've shown flashes at times, but overall, I've been I've been mostly disappointed with the, with yeah. the Owls.
0: Yeah, and, and again, it's five losses. We can say that they're good losses. We can say they look okay. Mm-hmm. Last week was really disappointing to me. The fact yeah. that they were
1: only able to put up
0: three points against a good UTSA defense, a UTS good, good UTSA team, but not a great one. No. Uh, now, running back Austin Walter, he's my team MVP so far. He's actually leading the team in rushing, 440 rushing yards. He's number three in receiving yards as well. He's their explosive threat. Emmanuel Asukpa is more of their every down back. But Walter's able to give them something that they don't have anywhere else on the roster, really. And you mentioned it. They lost several players through transfers during the offseason. Guys like Calvin Anderson,
1: of course. And they're just not ready. I think you're right. I think Austin Walter's probably their best overall player. Um, I think maybe Emmanuel Asukpa has been their most reliable overall player. I'd say so. But, like, if you're looking for a team, like, this team needs some explosive playmakers because they're probably not built to drive down the field on you right now. As a result, that guy's Austin Walter, and he's been, he's been really good. He's been a breakout guy. And another guy that we've known since his time at Crosby, him and his twin brother, Aston, um, they are they – are he's finally getting a chance to shine. And that's been exciting. That's been one of the, the few flashes I think we've seen from Rice.
0: Moving on. Congratulations, Ish. Your team is not number eleven anymore. Number ten is Texas State. Texas State. Not a whole lot of encouraging signs so far. They kind of move up because Rice looks so bad, more than them doing anything, because they had a bye last week. The Bobcats have v- really struggled to move the ball offensively. Uh, they sit with a one and four record through five games. They play a really tough Georgia Southern team this upcoming weekend. Mm-hmm. What do you make of them so far?
1: Yeah, the the biggest issue for me, honestly, I, I would give them the lowest grade in the state. I would give them an F. Yeah. Because to me, this is a program that we've we've expected now in a third year under Coach Everett Withers to make that jump, to start moving in the right direction. And right now, they, they, they feel like they're in neutral. Now, part of it is I think they've been a little bit unlucky. They probably should have won the UTSA game. Mm-hmm. They were probably the better team that day. Definitely. Um, but the ultimately... This offense just does not have a reliable playmaker that they can that they can go to or at least enough of them. Tyler Vitt is probably the closest thing they've got to that. The defense is just it's being hung out to dry and it wasn't that good to begin with. They've got some playmakers over there too. I think Brian London's a really good player. Yeah. But they just don't have enough offensive talent right now to make it all click and the problem is you start looking up and down the schedule and yeah, New Mexico State's still on the schedule, but like past that I'm having a hard time finding a second or third win here for this this team which to me based on my expectations of them making making a, a decent step forward uh, would have to give him an F right now. This is Everett Weather's third season.
0: Yeah. It's his third season. You're allowed to have one in 11 2 and 10 seasons early in your tenure when you're trying to recruit your players, when you're trying to instill a system. But it's year 3 and he's recruited some good players. That's not really been the issue over the past couple of years but they don't have an identity, they don't have anything offensively that they can hang their hat on right now.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: it's just, what are they?
1: What are they? Yeah, we don't know what they are, and, and honestly, the most discouraging game that they've played was their most recent one against Louisiana Lafayette. Yeah, That's a bad Louisiana team, mm-hmm. and they got drilled. Yeah, and the, it was just at home. It's just it was not good.
0: And the final was forty-two to twenty-seven, but they were down twenty-eight zero at the half.
1: It should have been more. It right. was honestly. They I, right. it never felt like they were in that game.
0: No, no, not at all. And maybe switching to Tyler a bit, he has a three hundred yard passing game. Mm-hmm. He rushed for ninety-seven yards, three touchdowns, zone interceptions. Maybe he's the guy. Mm-hmm. But here is the issue: when you are out here, and fans who have watched Texas the past couple of years know this: when you are out here, being like. Well, actually, this next freshman quarterback is going to be the one that's going to help us out. Eventually, you have to pick a guy. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And we thought maybe Willie Jones was the guy. Maybe Tyler Vitt's the guy. Maybe Tyler Vitt's the guy. But, you know, Jalen Gibson, also a a good quarterback coming out of high school. Maybe they're going to have to turn to him if Tyler Vitt struggles at all. Because right now, the onus is on the quarterback to win every single game, basically. And none of these guys are
1: good enough well, to do it. And, again, it's another thing that, that offensive line-wise, they're, they're getting overmatched. And yeah. that's, that's concerning. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, again, to me, this has been the most disappointing team in the state. There is, there is one bright spot. Yeah, there absolutely <laughs> is.
0: Tight end Keenan Brown has been awesome. He leads the team in receiving yards, 346 receiving yards. Also leads the team in receptions with 23, four touchdowns. All of those are among the national leaders among tight ends. He's also rated the sixth best blocking tight end in the country. He's a one man show. Unfortunately, nobody else can do anything around him.
1: He's the be- he's the best player on the on the, on the field, and and uh, he's got he leads the team in receiving touchdowns. He leads the team in catch rate. Like he's got he's the guy for this offense right now, which is awesome. If he's like your like if he's like you've got a, a stud wide receiver that's like a home run threat, which they don't right now, and that's that's what's been really disappointing for me.
0: Yeah. It, it, there's no telling what his production could be like if they just had one guy to help, mm-hmm.
1: just one guy to help. Yeah, if they could run the ball at all. But Anthony Taylor's been 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 really ineffective. Um, they just can't run the ball. And, yeah. and, and uh, again, it comes back to the offensive line, and they just have not done a good enough job developing offensive linemen, and it may end up costing Everett Withers his job. Yeah. Not great. Not no, great. Not
0: great, Bob. Another team that I've been kind of disappointed with. Not not as much as Texas State. Another third-year coach, UTSA. Mm-hmm. UTSA has really struggled this season. Now, they did start the year with three games against Power 5 opponents, so losses happen. Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody's disappointed in those games necessarily, but they nearly lose to Texas State. They give UTEP far too much time to get back into it. Finally, against Rice, they put together a quote-unquote dominant performance, but eh. Mm -hmm. Their offense is just terrible right now. Just absolutely putrid.
1: Yeah... I mean, they thought they had a quarterback in Cordell Grundy, and it's just—it's not working. And I don't know if they just literally do not have another guy. I wonder if they just don't trust DJ Gillins or anything like that. But but basically, their offense is stuck in neutral and has been the entire time. The defense—it's it, kind of wasting a defense that is not amazing, but can win you some games like the defense is solid especially in the front seven especially in the front seven and look they got lit up by the three non or uh, their first three non conference opponents in Arizona State Baylor and Kansas State okay that's gonna, that's going to happen nobody expected them to to contend in those games the Texas State game to me is really indicative and I know it was a win but like they were really lucky to win that game yeah and I don't know. This is this is. I would probably go with. Again, it's a results-oriented business, and they are th- they are 500. But they are a team that strikes me as um, a team that that probably shouldn't be 500. Sure. And so I would probably give them another D. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think D is about right. <sighs> Grundy has just been terrible. I, I I mean I I hate to call it a kid too too much, but. He's only averaging four point five yards for pass attempts, mm-hmm. and he's not passing the ball a whole lot.
1: And it's he's only averaging he's only averaging point eight, six yards per completion. That, yeah. is, not ooh, ooh, that right. is not good. That is not good. No, it's just it, he's not completing a ton of passes. There's no explosiveness to this to this thing. Right, that they are they are an offense that is reliant on sustaining drives, and right now their quarterback and their offensive line are not allowing them to sustain drives. And and the thing is, I like both of their
0: running backs. I like B.J. Daniels and Jalen Rhodes. Mm -hmm. I think that both of them are very talented players, but the reality is, when your quarterback can't get the ball more than eight yards out on any given completion, Mm -hmm. much less throw, there's no space. There's just absolutely no space, and their offensive line isn't good enough to establish their own identity, and, and so what is it? And the issue too is that Frank Wilson was a running backs coach. He was yeah. a recruiter and running backs coach and the talent is fine, the talent is pretty good and the execution on offense is terrible.
1: The the I mean honestly, if you want to if you want to say that UTSA is the most disappointing team in the state, I think that there's a fair argument to it, but the difference is they have wins. Yeah. And and again, yeah. that's not fair because you have to judge the process as opposed to the results, but the results have basically been better for them. Yeah. The one
0: guy uh, who has had a little bit of a bounce back here is linebacker Joseph Tauefa. Mm-hmm. Oh, Josiah Tauefa, mm-hmm. excuse me. Uh, Forty-two tackles, six point five tackles for loss, three point five sacks, two forced fumbles. He's done exactly what we hoped he'd do this year. Uh, you know, he had a little bit of a down season last year because of injuries. He's back, you know, better than ever, really. He's a playmaker. Uh, yeah, he he's really a playmaker.
1: Is. And we've known it since he was a freshman. He is the undisputed leader of this defense. CJ Levine, their safeties had a solid year as well, but I think I think a Josiah Toyva has to yeah. be their MVP. Something special about those Lake Dallas kids, man. I'm <laughs> telling you, they they come out and they they play. He plays like his hair's on fire, and it, that is that is saying something because he has a lot of a hair. a lot of hair. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Moving on to SMU,
1: I can't really get a read of this team. I, I really
0: can't. You know, obviously they look terrible the first couple weeks of the season, just get absolutely demolished by both SMU by UNT. They actually look okay offensively against Michigan, especially once turning to Will Brown in the second half. But I I don't really know what this team is. And the idea of hiring Sonny Dykes as their head coach was that, hey, you can come in there and basically just plug and play. Mm -hmm. So the fact that they haven't been able to do that to this point is a little concerning. Now, credit to them. They pick up a win against Navy, their first over Navy since 1998. They beat Houston Baptist, but... I don't know. I I still think that I have to give them like a C- minus because I just think coming into the year, I expected them to build off of their success from last season, and that really hasn't happened as yet.
1: I think you're right. I think C- minus is exactly the way to, that I'd go with them is that I'll say that you've got to give, I think you got to give Sonny Dykes a lot of credit that this thing looked dead. pointed directly at the ditch. Yeah, it dead. was driving 100 miles an hour towards a bridge embankment. Uh, they looked... Absolutely horrifying in their first couple of games, but they've turned it around. I think a lot of it has to go to do with changing quarterbacks. If they've, you know, they they still they still can't seem to decide. Still can't seem to decide, which I don't understand. I think William Brown it has to be the guy there. But to me, they have been they've been very solid, and I am I, I, I think he deserves a lot of credit for riding the ship. The defense is still going to be a problem all year long. There's I don't think I don't think that's really going out on a limb to say that but I do think that this is a team that at the very least is trending in a way they they've they've steered it away from the ditch. Right. And that is a lot better than a lot better than than I had feared because I was at that SMU North, uh, North Texas game yeah. and I started thinking, "Oh my god, are they going to go 0 and 12?" Yeah. And that felt like it was on the table. So, for them to to pull themselves out like that, I think is is um, is solid. Yeah. And I think we're going to learn a lot
0: about them. They have a bye this week, which, by the way, they have a bye this week, and they better decide on a quarterback this weekend. Mm -hmm. They better go through practices this week and be like, Will Brown is our guy or Ben Hicks is our guy. This this switching quarterback thing is an absolute mess. Mm -hmm. But then they go on the road to Tulane, a pretty good team, not great. They play Cincinnati, who is a great team, and then they play against Houston, who's a pretty dang good team, who we'll get to in just a minute. We'll learn a lot about SMU through these next three weeks. And I'm not saying they have to really win more than one or two of these games. But they have to look competitive. They do.
1: They, I, they 100% have to look competitive because that's been the thing, is that they have looked, they've looked better of late. And if they, if they do that, if they continue the trajectory, then I'm, I'm willing to, to hop on board and say, okay, things are, are, are back on track. But for now, you know, for now I'm skeptical. I'm a little bit skeptical.
0: Yeah. The one guy who has definitely, absolutely lived up to the hype is wide receiver James Prochet. Yeah. 43 catches, 526 yards, seven touchdowns. He kept
1: them in that game against Michigan. He's a guy that is there, you know, we were asking, who's going to replace Cortland Sutton? Who's going to replace Trey Quinn? Who are going to be the guys to step up? It's James Prochet. Problem is, he's doing it alone. Yeah. And yeah. But every time you throw him the ball, good things happen. And and uh, I would say you keep running the James Prochet play. That's my real... Uh, that's my real hot take: is that you keep you keep throwing the the good guy the ball. Yes, yes,
0: getting your best players' the ball always preferable. Now we're going to move on to Baylor. Baylor, they're sitting at four and two, quadrupled their are uh, twenty seventeen win total, mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever that means. Um, you know, and, and I think that Baylor has showed a lot of promising signs this year. Uh, I don't think they've necessarily shown as many as we hoped, maybe in year two under Matt Rule. That Duke game especially just still sticks out as one that they should have had. Yes. Um, but you can't argue too, too much with 4-2. The issue is now, where do they go from here?
1: Yeah, that's the problem. The problem here is that right now, I think that based on their schedule and based on who they've played, they are right where we thought they were going to be. The Duke game was the question Was the question of, like, we thought that's either going to get them f- six wins or five wins, and they lost that game, a game, honestly, I felt like they should have won. They probably should have won that yeah. game. They were the better team. They were the better team, but they, but they, they could not make the plays at the key moments, and, and Duke gashed them in a, in a way that, that, you know, has unfortunately become the story for them. Um, the offense, no complaints. No. I think I think if you look at the offense, this is about what you want to see from them. Um, I think that I'd like to see them run the ball a little bit more effectively. But Charlie Brewer throwing the ball, it's been, once they've committed to him, it's been great. Jalen Hurd, stepped up. He's what, we, what we've been hearing from, from the Baylor coaches all year. Denzel Mims, fantastic. Even Chris Platt has been really solid as well. But the defense is and will remain a liability. Yeah. And they are a very they are very much a liability. And as you put up a fantastic post, on texasfootball.com. It's not just that they're giving up yards on the ground. They're giving up yards on the ground in huge chunks. Just tremendous chunks.
0: And that's the issue right now. Um, Yeah, and and again, please check out my article on texasfootball.com. But it's big plays. And this was the issue last year, too. And it continues to be the issue this year. Um, You know, last year was really a lot more about safety issues. This year, it's linebackers. Mm -hmm. When they have Clay Johnston, who's a pretty good player, and a lot of young guys who haven't showed a whole lot so far. Uh a third of their of the yards that they've given up all season long have been on touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And only two touchdowns have come from within 10 yards against Baylor's defense. They've actually been fantastic in the red
1: zone. Like really, really good in the red zone, but they just don't get to the red zone. Yeah, Clay Johnston is probably their their only reliable linebacker. Yeah. And and he hasn't been great. And this he hasn't year. been great. I feel like Jordan Williams has been a uh, has been a disappointment. Yep. They've thrown this Terrell Bernard out there yep. a lot, and he's he's looked like a freshman yep. a, a, at times. And, it, and it, right, I think he'll be fine. I think eventually he'll be down the road, but not as a freshman. But not now. Not, not now. now. And, and so it's hard to give them a grade because yeah. they're kind of right where I think they should be. Yeah. I would say you give them maybe a C+. Plus. Yeah. I think that because the offense is starting to t- starting to hum, they're starting to find that identity offensively. I give them a C C+. But it's just right around kind of what we thought.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I think C-plus is right about rights. And you mentioned Charlie Brewer. He's clearly the team MVP to me Mm -hmm. to this point. 132 of 206, 1,558 yards, nine touchdowns, two interceptions, four more rushing touchdowns. It's just mind-boggling. Mind-boggling
1: that they didn't start him right away. Here's the weird thing about this Baylor offense, though. Is that they're putting up a lot of they're putting up points and and, and it's very efficient and, and they're they're completing a lot of passes. But they're actually compared to maybe Baylor teams of old, they're not as explosive no. as they used to they're be.
0: They're really so. not very explosive, but you know, there are, there are advantages and disadvantages to yeah. that. You know, because Brewer isn't a he doesn't have a huge arm. No. Right? And so while you do have Chris Platt is a big, big time explosive playmaker mm-hmm. uh, when he when he can get the ball. You know, Hurd's kind of a possession guy. Mm-hmm. Mims is a big-time possession guy, a really good one, but, but you know, a guy who gets open 12 yards downfield. Um, they don't necessarily have those explosive guys, and now... One guy who did play on Saturday, Craig Squirrel Williams, mm-hmm. he is a big-time running 100%. back. percent yes. yes. And now I don't know how much they're going to use him the rest of the year because they really would like to redshirt him, I know. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only reason that he really came in was because Jermichael Hasty was having some migraine issues. Mm-hmm. But... They don't really have that explosive guy. Now, the good news is they've been able to stay consistent, and they've been able to be efficient and move the ball consistently. And I think Matt Rule was saying that they lead the, the conference in first downs right now, which, which is exactly how I think Matt Rule wants to play.
1: Yeah, but the, that's – it's just – it's very – to me, it's not, it's not necessarily a knock. It's just interesting. It's a like, difference. You look, at, you look at this Baylor team, and they're averaging – I want to make sure I get this right – uh, they are they're averaging it's uh that 7.9 yards per attempt overall and and really yeah. a lot of that uh, uh, most of that if you look at Charlie Brewer he's averaging something like 6.6 yards per attempt yeah. which is like not bad i want to be clear that's not bad yeah. 7.6, 6.6 by the way just yeah. some it's just real Average. yeah and that's not what we've come to come to expect right. so it's just it's a little bit of shifting on uh, it's I realize yeah. it's a personal problem yeah. yeah that I've just got to get used to this is what the offense looks like but that is something that I think they can improve on yeah. but right now they're where we thought they were now yeah. make no mistake I think you look at their schedule probably underdogs in the rest of their games
0: yeah right? I, I mean you I don't know which is one they wouldn't be especially you know the one that you maybe thought that you could get fairly certainly was Texas Tech and they I mean we'll get to them in a minute but they've looked better than expected now Oklahoma State, they've looked pretty dang bad the past couple weeks. Maybe you can pick up mm-hmm. a win there, but that's no guarantee. But They're still underdogs. Yeah, but then
1: it's Iowa State, but that's on the road in yep, Ames. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's TCU. That's going to be a very tough game, and then it's Tech in Arlington, which and is two top ten teams before that. And two top ten teams before it. So to me, uh, so far this is what we thought, and now to me it's almost I almost want to give them an incomplete yep. because we'll yep. find out if they can if they can get the six wins now. I'll be impressed. Yes,
0: yes. I, I think that's absolutely right. One should be expectations, yes. and two should be, okay, you guys are heading in a good direction. Right. So, cool. Well, let's move on once again to the Houston Cougars. Mm. Mm. So, so, here's the thing, right? I love the group of five. I, I really love writing about the group of five. I really love covering the group of five. But the issue with Houston to me, they've just been so forgettable this season. They're not
1: doing anything all that interesting. I will, only, I will only argue with, that, with you. on. To me, this is an, a Houston team that's just kind of, it's about the same as it was last year on, on net. On right. net. Right. Is. On one hand, the offense is so much better. Yes. The offense, the, the Kendall Bryles effect is in full. Uh, you can see. Yes. D'Arc King has been great. Yeah. These receivers have been great. They're running the ball pretty well. Patrick Carr's been okay. Um, there's that. But then, on the other side of it, the defense has been really like Blech. yeah, real average, yeah, and I, like and the thing that that strikes me most is that they're not making those splash plays, yeah they're not making they're not turning the ball over, they're not getting those the big sacks, they're not doing that, instead they're just kind of a defense, and yeah. for a team that has the best player in the country, yeah. I feel like they should be better than that, and and that's what's disappointing to me. Ed Oliver's been pretty good. He's not been that super. He hasn't. He's been about as good as he was last year, which is awesome, and he's still the best defense player in the in the, in the country. But he hasn't really made that step, and the problem is that the surrounding cast around him, I think, is worse.
0: Yeah, and and I think that you're right. You know, while Oliver hasn't made that step, to be fair, he's getting double and triple teamed yes. every play so it's not even necessarily a production thing that I'm worried about it's that everybody around him has failed to take advantage of it mm-hmm. um because look when you have a difference maker and, and defensive tackle is one of my favorite positions on the football field I remember back when I was in school and Andrew Billings was that guy for Baylor, mm-hmm. right Andrew Billings when he lined up the entire offensive line looked scared yeah and As soon as the play started, his stats were not very good, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, he wasn't picking up a lot of tackles for loss, really very few sacks at all, but just the entire defense just sucked in, Mm -hmm. or the entire offensive line just sucked in because Andrew Billings was there and Mm -hmm. they were terrified he was going to do something, and then everybody around him made plays, and the issue right now is that Oliver's receiving some of that attention. And nobody else can do anything about it.
1: Now here's the now look. We're, we're probably picking at nits, and it's probably because we thought that Houston had a, like has a chance to be that really dominant right. team, and they still could. Yes. I want to be clear. Yes. You look at the schedule. I don't think there's a ton of like they're playing East Carolina. They should smoke them. Right. They'll, they're going to Navy, and even though it's a road game, and even though it's a weird, a weird, um, you know, a weird formation. You know, they run the triple option. To me, they're going to be favored in that one. They've got, they got SMU still on the schedule. They should win that one. Tulane should be a win. But the issue is that, and maybe we're letting one game, that game against Texas Tech, color it. But right now, like that was such a miserable defensive effort that I just worry. And, and it wasn't, you know, they were okay defensively against Tulsa. But I, I was really disappointed with that yeah.
0: performance against Tulsa because Tulsa has not been very good this season. Mm-hmm. And... I just wanted to
1: see them put them away. Yeah, that was the big thing. It's weird because this this, this team this team is probably like a nine win team. Yeah, which but, is fine. Which is fine, but that's to me maybe maybe I just had to recalibrate my expectations. I was thinking like ten wins. Yeah, and to me that's a little bit disappointing. For now though, I'll give them a C. I think that things are going in a pretty good direction, about what we thought they would. Um, you know, but they uh, especially offensively. But I just I want to see that defense start stepping on throats because yeah. that's what when you go back to like when Tom Herman uh, led them to a uh, to the Peach Bowl the defense would step on the throat they'd have an opportunity to put you away and they would i want to see the defense start doing that that's their homework assignment yes <laughs> and and look i think that what it comes down to for me for my expectations
0: is you have one of the best players to ever play at this school yes on the defensive line and you're going to turn it into very little yeah you know and and so Okay, there's a lot of time, and, and it's not like Houston's that far away from being a 10-win They team.
1: could absolutely run the table. Yeah, they, they absolutely. I mean, Memphis, at Memphis lurks the end of the year, and that's yes. going to be a very tough yes, game. Yes. But if you want to say they're going to be favored in the rest of their games, I think I can he- I'll can. i hear it. And I want to be clear, too. We're being
0: very unfair to their offense, too, because their, Again, offense, has their offense has been tremendous. And, and actually, you know, they have the best player in the country on defense, but their team MVP to me is Derek King. 100%. He's got uh, 1,362 passing yards. But, but here's the real numbers that are crazy. 18 touchdowns passing, seven touchdowns on the ground, only three
1: interceptions. Yeah, he's been great. He's, he's been, he's been really, tremendous. He's been really good. Um, he's taking care of the football. Yeah. Um, and Which that is is to huge. Me, that's so important. And to me, that's what's been exciting. I guess, like, to sum it all up for me, the offense is conference championship caliber. Yes. And we didn't expect that. We expected the defense to be conference, caliber, uh, conference championship caliber, and it hasn't been, and that's why I can't shake feeling a little bit disappointed. Yeah. Like, the thing we thought was going to be the strength may end up being their undoing, and that's where I'm at. I think they're probably better. I, think they're one, I still think they're a really good team, and they've, I think they've got a chance at a conference championship, but to me, I am just felt wanting.
0: Yeah. They can take that step in the second half of the season, and I really want to see them do that. Mm-hmm. But let's move on to a team that I, I also just really don't know how to feel about. TCU. So far this season, the most impressive thing that they've done was lose to Ohio mm-hmm. State. And Texas looks pretty dang good. I mean, they look like they're legitimately a good team. And, and again, we'll get to them in a second, too. Um, but but they don't look very good against Iowa State. And then it was a second-half pull away from SMU and then beating Southern.
1: So the odd thing for me is that this is probably, like, the worst case scenario that we were picturing in the offseason. Yeah. In that the defense is really good. Defense is holding it together. Uh, I think that they've got a number of playmakers. Ty Summers has been really good. Ennis Gaines has been really good. Um, and they've also got some other players who have who have stepped up and been solid offensively. I think Jalen Rager is the most talented player on the on campus. And Shea Olonalua and Darius, Darius Anderson, while they haven't been as great as they were last year, they've been solid. They've been solid. But and I hate to keep harping on this, the one thing that we were worried about is what if Sean Robinson isn't ready? Yeah. And I got to be honest. He's not ready. It doesn't feel like he's ready. Yeah. He's
0: just turned over the ball so much, especially in these critical games. Uh, You know, because we harp on Kenny Hill a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, TCU fans were ready to see him leave. Mm -hmm. You know, it, that's a little unfair to him. But you know, they were kind of mm-hmm. ready. They were ready to move on to this blue chip quarterback who led Desoto to their first ever state title. One of the most productive players in the state in recent years. I
1: don't know. It, it, we're seeing a whole lot of bad Sean Robinson right now, and that's what's that's what's disappointing. Is it does feel like they are? It feels like if if the defense or the defense is again like we were talking about with Houston, the defense is championship caliber. Defense looks great, even though they got they got beat up by ohio state ohio state does that to people other than that the defense has been really solid the difference is that the offense can't is is too inconsistent and sean robinson has been too inconsistent and you hate to put it all on one kid but the bottom line of it is that you feel like if they just got a quarterback out there who would just take care of the football a little bit better you'd wonder how far this team can go
0: over the last four games Sean Robinson has turned over the ball ten times, Ugh. ten times in four games, and it's no wonder that they've really struggled in all four of them. By the way, they've still got
1: they got Tech this everybody. weekend. Everybody,
0: they've almost got everybody ahead Basically of them. Basically,
1: aside from Texas, they've still got Tech, they've still got Oklahoma, yeah, they've still got West Virginia, yeah. And I mean, that's that's the problem is that they're three and two right now. Mm-hmm. We expected a loss to Ohio State. They probably shouldn't have lost to Texas, but they did. Well, let me. At, beginning at of the, the year, time, beginning of the year, we didn't expect them to lose to Texas, um, and now they've still got they've still got three very losable games on the schedule, and Absolutely. that's if you don't get nipped by Baylor. That's if you don't get nipped uh, by Oklahoma State. Right. I just
0: don't know what this team is. Again, we've t- we've talked a lot about identity with a lot of these teams the past couple of of uh, minutes, and if Sean Robinson can't hold on to the football, you don't get to establish an identity. And mm-hmm. the offensive line has been pretty good. I think it's been probably a, a decent surprise mm-hmm. at how well they've played against good defensive fronts. Now against Texas, they struggled to run the ball. That's going to happen. Against Ohio State, they had some big plays but weren't running the ball consistently. That's going to happen. But you have to, especially when you have all these weapons outside... That's that's my concern. You have
1: Jalen Rager, you have Kevonte Turpin, and you're not using them at all. So I give them a C minus, maybe even a D plus. But um, but the thing that's most concerning here, uh, uh, if you look at Bill Connolly from SB Nation, uh, front of the program. Yeah. Um, the most, according to his his statistical profile, their most likely win total at the end of the year is seven wins. Oof. If you told the TCU fans before the year that they go seven and five, they'd call you crazy. Yeah. Now I don't think I think they're probably better than that. I think they're probably an eight win team, maybe yeah. nine. That's kind of where I thought they'd be but, in round 8s. But this is I think that's disappointing. And so to me, I'd give them a, a C minus, and I think the TCU fans have to have to be kicking themselves, in. especially like they didn't even look good in their win over Iowa State. Like, yeah. that's the thing. They haven't oh, even looked. They good lost Iowa State. I'm sorry, the Iowa State. Iowa State, Iowa yeah, State. Yeah, yeah. They didn't even look no, good in No, they their... needed a lay field goal, yeah. and they
0: probably should have lost
1: that right. game. Right, I mean, you take the Iowa State game and the Ohio State game. Yeah. Those are games that one game you looked really good in a loss, and one game you looked really bad in a win. Yeah. And to me, that's a net, that's a net neutral.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and even, look, I just can't give them too much credibility for only losing by a little to a good team. hmm Especially, I mean, look, the reality is, too, Ohio State is still a little bit unproven. So, yep. uh, yeah, and, and look, I don't want it to be all bad. Like, again, we, went, we maybe didn't give enough credit to Houston's offense. Mm-hmm. You know, TCU's defense is still balling. TCU's
1: defense has been great. Yeah. They, and, they deserve a lot of credit. And, and the guy for me who's been They probably, they, they honestly, last week... They definitely lose that game if their oh, defense is yeah. even against Iowa State. They oh, definitely yeah. lose to Ohio State if that defense is just good instead I, of great.
0: I want to say that Zeb Nolan, Iowa State's quarterback, averaged 2.8 yards per pass. Their defense was
1: awesome, and their yeah. defense has been awesome. Yeah,
0: yeah, and, and that's what they needed mm. them to be. Um, and the guy that's been really impressive to me is Ty Summers. They've, they've really had to use him everywhere on the football field during his time at TCU, they've used him at linebacker. They've used him at middle and, and weak side. They've used him at defensive end. They've used him as more of a rush end. They've used him everywhere. And mm-hmm. he just keeps stepping up to the occasion and being ready to do it. Yeah, he's uh, a real Swiss Army knife. Definitely, them. definitely. And, and so, again, TCU is known for not necessarily having standouts, quote-unquote, on defense. They're, they're known for just being solid everywhere. And that's what this unit is. Mm-hmm. And it's looked really good so far. And, and that's going to help them win some games that maybe they shouldn't win. Mm-hmm. But until they can get, just take care of the ball offensively. Take
1: care of the football. That's man.
0: all. That's all I'm asking for. Just please take care of the ball, Sean Robinson. I, I don't even need you to make big plays. They
1: are they are 119th uh, or they're 122nd in turnover margin. Oh man. 122nd. They're seven. Oh man. Margin. That's yeah. That's not
0: going to be good enough. Texas Tech is next up on our list. Texas Tech, another team. I, I don't really know what they are quite as yet because they go on the road. They win at Oklahoma State. Hmm. That win looks less and less impressive by the week. They beat Houston, which actually does feel like a pretty good win still. Um, They come out completely unprepared against West Virginia and then dominate the last two quarters. So what does that mean? I I don't really know what to take from this team so far.
1: I mean, I think, honestly, I'm a lot more bullish on Tech than I probably probably I, I thought. Just because, again, now the defense has been... Adequate. Inconsistent. Inconsistent. It, at times adequate, at times not. It's been inconsistent. But I do think they're trending upward. And yeah. I think that this is a team that is, uh, that at least, the, the team as a whole is trending upward. The offense, look, again, we have big questions about this offense. We didn't know what they were going to look like. We didn't know how they were going to look. And I, I got to be honest, McLean Carter going down, you don't wish an injury on anybody. But that's suddenly looking like maybe you found your quarterback of the future in Alan Bowman. Um, he's been terrific, you know, when he's not on a gurney, um, he's been terrific. The receivers have really stepped up and his offense right now is kind of, kind of like it's a vintage tech offense, which is kind of weird in a year. We didn't expect that. And so look again, uh, the the difference for them is that they've probably only got two games left on the schedule that you say you're probably going to lose. Like you're probably gonna lose Oklahoma and Texas, yeah. right? You have to assume that at this point. Yeah, probably gonna lose, but they get them both. By the way, they get them both in Lobbock. Yeah, but I mean, right now, I think eight wins is is certainly
0: within reach. Definitely, team. definitely, and a lot of people saw this for good reason as almost a mulligan for for Kingsbury, almost like a, a year that no one expected him to have, mm-hmm. sort of a, a second chance. And I'll tell you what, I mean, heading into the year, my thought process was. I think the defense is going to be decent. Mm -hmm. I think their skill position talent is all right. They have a lot of returning offensive linemen. But what the heck are they going to do for skill position depth? And what the heck are they going to do at quarterback? Mm -hmm. And they've answered both those questions times a thousand. Mm -hmm. Um, And honestly, I just feel like you look at Tech right now. (laughs) They were telling me their mantra heading into the year was finish strong let's let's work on starting a little bit too. Yeah, let's
1: start strong too. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. And and they were, you know, they were of course mm-hmm. having fun with that too. You know that we have to come out ready. We have to come out strong because they go down 28 to 7 against West Virginia and I'll play them by a lot the rest of the game. Uh, they they play against Ole Miss, they allow I think also 28 points in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. They've in, in their games uh, in their losses, I want to say that they were outscored 56 to 14 in the first quarter if I have that set mm-hmm. right. It, it really has just been a first quarter issue. Yep. And if they, they've been outscored in every first quarter of the season except against Lamar. So if they're able to come out ready, then this is a really complete team. I think it is.
1: I think it is. And, and, and that's, it's going to be on Cliff Kingsbury to make sure that they have game plans in place to go out there and win the games you should. At this point, you know, uh, the TCU game is probably a toss-up. It's yeah. probably a toss-up. Uh, you should beat Kansas State. Yes. You should beat Iowa State. You should beat Kansas, or uh, you should beat Kansas, and you should beat Baylor. Yep. Those are games. That's four more wins out there. At yeah. that point, you get to seven wins, and maybe you steal one from TCU, or maybe Texas has an off day. Um, but right now, if yeah. you are if you're Tech, like I think right now, you have to give them like a B minus. Uh, yeah. I think that overall, this has been a team that's exceeded my expectations, and 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 seems to be trending in, in a positive way. Yeah, I, I'd give them a good
0: solid B. Mm-hmm. I think that, look, they haven't. Been anything more than a team struggling to make a bowl game since really Cliff Kingsbury's first season, mm-hmm. and I think that even if they lose to TCU, even if they lose the games that we think that they should, they're going to be more than that. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the team MVP has to be Alan Bowman. I mean, the the true freshman quarterback breaks the freshman Big 12 passing record with 605 yards against uh, against Houston. And on top of that, and on top of just that, I mean, he has taken
1: care of the football at such a high level so far. For for freshman quarterback, I agree with you. A special commendation to Antoine Wesley. Yes. yes in a year yes. where we did not know who their receivers were going to be, Antoine Wesley has stepped up and he is second in the nation in receiving yards per game. Wow. This kid has been great. He's been a revelation for this team, yep. and so a special commendation to him. But you're right, Alan Bowman. Absolutely, is the absolutely. I'm I'm really excited. Uh, you know, on, on Thursday
0: nights out there in Fort Worth, we're going to mm-hmm. see these last two teams that we talked about mm-hmm. play. I think it's going to be a tremendous game. I'm, I'm really curious will, to see what happens.
1: Strength on strength. Strength on strength and kind of weakness on weakness, too. Yeah, so yeah. That's interesting.
0: Most definitely. Look, this, this next team, I, I, at one point in the year, they looked like the runaway best team in the state of Texas. But now, UNT the last two weeks, they lose, of course, in a game that they looked clearly like the better team against Louisiana Tech. They led a game against UTEP, the worst team in the state and probably the nation get a little bit too close for comfort. Now, UNT, again, they still only have one loss on the season. They're still very much, very much alive for the Conference USA title race. But if you had asked us this question two weeks ago, I think we'd have a very different answer than we do right now.
1: I still think they get a B plus. Yeah. It was about to be an A, but it's going to be a B plus. Can't me. be any lower than that for me. No. Here's the thing. Yeah, the Louisiana Tech loss stinks, but they... Basically outplayed them and oh, just couldn't yeah. come up with the the key, mo- one play, key moments. They basically outplayed them. Um, the The more concerning result is last week in Utah. Yeah. that is a huge red flag. Yeah, like what's going on? Right. Um. They were miserable offensively. They were miserable defensively. Now maybe that was just a one thing. Maybe it was just one week and they just they they struggled and they you know maybe they just really missed Lauren easily their running back. But to me. I'm willing to give them a mulligan if they go out there and take care of business like they should against Southern Miss yeah. at home.
0: And, and that's another game that I'll be at. So, you know, I, it'll be my first time at Apogee. They have to show up for this home crowd. Yes. Because they were they were so close, and, and they still hopefully are there, to building a football culture at UNT. Mm-hmm. Because this isn't a school that has necessarily consistently supported the team. Now, uh, a few weeks ago, when, when they host... Uh, I can't remember who they host a few weeks Incarnate Word. Incarnate Word. They have a big crowd. Mm-hmm. You know, they have a really big crowd for a game against an FCS team. They have the biggest crowd in the history of their program against SMU. Mm-hmm. They're close to, to building this culture that they need to have at UNT. And I think that we're still really high on Seth Luttrell. We're still really high on Mason Fine. And, and Mason Fine has not been the issue. No.
1: I think I'm really high on this team still. Yeah. But I'm will again. I'm willing to give them a mulligan for what happened in in El Paso. Yeah. But right now, I think there's really no reason for them not to win out. Yeah. To be real honest, they I think should. there's there's real like if this is if this is the team that we got excited about. Yes. Then they win out. Yeah. That's the you know I, I think ten wins would be great. Eleven wins would sure make a statement.
0: Yeah, and, and, and then again, a
1: conference title game, and then a bowl.
0: Yeah, and again, this says this team hasn't won double digit games since 1977. Well, maybe a conference title game. Yes,
1: I mean they gotta get. No, they gotta to leapfrog Louisiana Tech. They need a the Louisiana Tech lost or something. Well,
0: well, Louisiana Tech did lose last That's week. That's right. So. They they lost to UAB, but UAB looks like world beaters. They right do now. right now. So and they've gotten, By the way, two weeks from now they go to UAB. To UAB. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna learn a lot about this team over the next few weeks. It's it's really early, uh, really easy as a Group of Five team to be able to come out be ready for your big games Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you can go out there and and beat SMU you can go out there and beat Arkansas these are games that everybody was looking at all offseason if we can win these games then the season opens up but you have to take care of business Mm -hmm. and again Louisiana Tech weird stuff happened. Mm -hmm. a lot of weird stuff happened against UTEP you did not take care of business I know they won the game you did not take care of business now it's up to them to go against Southern Miss this week to look forward to UAB, to look forward to FAU, to look forward to the rest of the slate, and take this this conference uh, or this divisional title down. Mm-hmm. And still, even with the kind of poor performance, they should be one of the favorites to win Conference USA. Absolutely, and that's something they have not done in a very,
1: very long time. That, absolutely, and, and, and you know, you look at Louisiana Tech. Um, you know, you're going to need them. You're going to need them to cough one up. Uh, th- that's the problem with it. Is that because because you you drop that game. Um, you're going to need you're going to need them to cough one up um, to to win the West, but if they can, you know, then then it's right there for the taking.
0: Yeah, and, and their team MVP is incredibly obvious. It's quarterback Mason Fine, uh, 1,918 yards, fifteen touchdowns, only one interception.
1: That's that's really impressive. That's really impressive for how much he throws the football too. Yeah, and, and yeah, he's, I mean, he's averaging he's you know ni- you know 19, more than nineteen hundred yards so far this year. He's been he's been great, and he's been everything we thought he could be. And so we will see what, uh, we'll see what, what comes. But to me, that I'm willing to give them a one-week mulligan. Let's see what they do next week. Yes. Number two is Texas A&M. The Aggies,
0: they win last week against number 13 Kentucky in a pretty impressive performance. Um, I think that we've seen some signs early in the Jimbo Fisher era that they're heading in a good direction. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I saw a lot of people talking about that this game against Kentucky last week. That's the kind of game that Kevin Sumlin would lose, mm-hmm. and I think that's true. I, you know, I, I don't want to ascribe too too much value to anything at this point because it's still early. But I do think that that's the sort of game that AM comes out flat, overlooks Kentucky, and they came very close to doing it too. Um, but but Kentucky is legitimately very good. Mm-hmm. Now we can joke about Mark Stoops not giving the ball to Benny Snell on third and two, uh, with or with a chance to, mm-hmm. you know, get a first down, mm-hmm. in march on the field, right. win the game. Yeah. We can, we can joke about all that stuff, but the reality is Texas A&M handled a top 15 opponent, and, and I thought that last week was actually a very important game, because you can give them credit for playing well against Clemson, you can give them credit for playing well against Alabama for a quarter or a half or whatever, but this is the sort of game where, okay, you've got two teams that are evenly matched who are playing against each other in a big game. What's going to happen? Mm-hmm.
1: And the answer was they were able to make enough plays down the stretch to pull it out. I'm giving A&M an A-. minus. Um, I think that the win over Kentucky is obviously a game we didn't necessarily had circle have circled beforehand, but they they took care, you know they that ended up being a big game and they took care of, they treated it like a big game. The offense continues to be uh, a little bit of a concern, um, but the defense defense has stood on its head. Defense has been largely pretty good, basically outside of the Alabama game. Um, defense was pretty good against Clemson, and and they probably should have won that Clemson game. You know, you look down the road, and I think there's—it's an easy—it's easy to see eight wins. It's easy to see eight and four, which I think in the first year of a Jimbo Fisher, I think that I I think I think. How do I want to phrase this without getting in trouble? I think reasonable Aggie fans would have taken in year one under Jimbo. (laughs) I think there are still a portion of the people who are wondering why are we paying a guy seven point five million dollars and he's not winning a national championship, but we knew it was going to take time. For if, if if you are judging this in the way that I think it should be judged, right now to get an A minus for so far so far, and we'll see what ha- what they do, knowing full well, still got LSU on the schedule. They've had your number, and then you, and by the way, you've got three consecutive road games uh, at South Car- of, of varying difficulty at South Carolina at Mississippi State and out Auburn. So uh, it'll be interesting. And by the way, that UAB game, again, they rear their ugly head. They are suddenly not looking like the, the total pushover that we thought they might be. Yeah.
0: I'll give them about a B B+. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think that I'm still a little bit in wait-and-see mode on them. They, they won their first big test, in my opinion, which was Kentucky. Because, you know, whatever you want to say about Bam and Clemson, I don't think that those were really legitimate mm-hmm. tests at this point. Uh, Kentucky was a real big win. It took some time. They didn't look very good against Arkansas. I think that'll give him a B plus. There are clearly signs uh-huh. in the Jimbo Fisher era. There are clearly signs that some things are going to be different. Obviously, the, the biggest being you know Mond's development. I think has been obvious. Team MVP for me though is running back Travion Williams. He's been tremendous through the first couple weeks of the season. Um, you know, the, other than against uh, Clemson and Alabama, he's really torn up everybody.
1: A very, uh, I totally agree. I think that he's the MVP uh, once again. A special commendation for Jay Sternberger, their tight end. Yes, I think he's been yes. really good. He's their most reliable receiver. He's their leading receiver. Oh wow! And he's the safety blanket for Kellen Mond. So I would say yes, I agree. Travion Williams is is the MVP, but you give a special commendation to Jay Sternberger.
0: Congrats, Aggies! You guys are absolutely right. Kevin Sumlin should have thrown to the tight end more.
1: One hundred percent.
0: And we're finishing off with the number one team in the state right now. I would have never seen this coming before the season. The Texas Longhorns, they're on top of the Texas football world. A top 10 program, number nine in the country. And look, I I just got to ask you, if they make a couple of plays against Maryland,
1: where is this team right now? So here's the thing. Texas is not a top 10 team. I want to be clear about that. I don't think they're one of the 10 best teams in the country. I think they've played very well uh, the past few weeks. But I don't think they're the best, one of the top ten teams in the country. Uh, Bill Conley's S&P Plus has them 38th in the country. Yeah. Um, he, they say they actually should have lost the game against Oklahoma based on the factors. But give them credit. Is that, for you know, this team's about, the, the, the game's about finishing, right? And they finished. They, I mean, it didn't always look great in the fourth quarter against Oklahoma, but they finished. And they're probably going to be favored against, they're favored against Baylor. They should be favored at Oklahoma State, although that hasn't always been sunshine and daffodils for them. Um, and, and past that, I mean, you could make a real argument. They're past, you know, yes, West Virginia. I think right now you have to pencil that in as a loss right now at home. But, like, I think 10-2 and two is, in, is in reach. I think 10-2 and two is out there for Texas, which would be tremendous for this team and, and I think. I give them an A. I think that so far you're right. They make a couple of plays against, against Maryland, a game they probably should have won. Um, they make a couple game plays against Maryland, and this feels, like a different, this feels like a different conversation we're having. And then maybe we are talking about whether or not they're actually a top 10 team. I don't think they're a top 10 team. I think they're a top 25 team. And that is, to me, a very positive step in the right direction for Texas, that instead of being ranked because they're Texas, they're being ranked because they're a good team. And I think that's a very important uh, thing to, to, to set apart. And, you know, on a night, what's, what's most encouraging to me about the Oklahoma game is that on a day when the defense took a backseat, defense wasn't great, defense got torched, their offense came through. Yeah. They found a way. And that was what was most impressive to me. Yeah, well, if I if I could give an MVP to a coach, I would give it
0: to offensive line coach Herb Hands Yes. Because the unit looks night and day for most It
1: looks season. so much better. It's unbelievable how much better they look.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and I want to give a special shout out to Sam Ellinger because... Look, at this time last year, well, I guess not really this time last year, but at, heading into the season, my concern with him is that he was going to just be a placeholder. Mm-hmm. I thought that he was going to be a guy who they would try their best not to put any responsibility into his hands. He has proven to me through the first couple weeks of the season that he can be a legitimate game manager. And that's, mm-hmm. that's not meant as a slight at all. Mm-hmm. They need somebody who's a game manager, and Ellinger has stepped up to the task he hasn't had a single turnover through his last five games, and if you had told me that after last season, I wouldn't have believed you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And and really, he had two interceptions against Maryland. One was terrible. One was terrible. One was terrible. One wasn't really his fault. That one was a tip. Yeah, 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 it was a tip. So he's been very clean this season. Um, he's been able to pass the ball accurately downfield. Having protection helps so much. Mm-hmm. When they're able to use him in the quarterback run game, like they did against Oklahoma, Texas's offense is actually really dang dangerous. Mm-hmm. They're a complete team right now. I agree. You have to give them an A, uh, and we'll see what happens from here.
1: Because yeah, I mean, look—if they cough it up to Iowa State or Kansas, then yeah. like okay, then then, then th- we'll change our tune real quickly. But right now, if you look at the trajectory of the program, it's the best trajectory the program has been on since Mac Brown left. Yeah. And my
0: MVP for them is linebacker Gary Johnson. Uh, he's taken that next step. It's hard to pick an MVP mm-hmm. on this team because Brandon Jones was in consideration for me.
1: Yeah, um, I'd, I'd consider Caden Stearns. Caden Stearns has
0: been tremendous. I think for he's
1: them. changed that secondary. Yeah, and he's. I think he's elevated everyone else around him. But I think you're right. Kelly, Gary Johnson's probably the most consistent. player. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I think that. What he's been able to do against the run mm-hmm. is really impressive. And, and again, I mean, it's, <laughs> it felt almost like a TCU situation, right, where, where just everybody's playing at such a high level right now.
1: It's hard to pick one. And a special commendation, as, as this is what I'm handing out. Of course. To their second leading receiver, Colin Johnson. Yeah. Because, to me, when they need a play, they yeah. go to him. Yeah. They don't go to him enough, he's, or, he's not, or they're not, he's not getting targeted enough or as, as much as others. Little Jordan Humphrey leads the team in targets. Colin Johnson to me is their go-to guy, their most explosive playmaker on the outside, and that's to me um, he's a big he's a big play. he's a big reason why I think that they are they're they're five and one and they're looking at a, a potential 10 one season.
0: Well, that's everybody. But you know, before we go, do you want to give an offensive MVP and a defensive MVP for the state so far?
1: Yeah, uh, offensive MVP for the state would probably be Mason Fine from North Texas. Yeah, I think that he's been by far. Um, I think he's been their best. I think he's been the, the best the best skill position player in the state, and as a result, he's been he's been the best player. Uh, he's been the best offensive player. Boy, defensively, it's tough. Maybe Ty Summers at TCU. Sure, he's probably the best player on the best defense. Um, I think that, um, you know, in in, in a weird way, uh, I think that there's a there's a couple of a uh, And M guys that you could you could think about. Sure, um, I think that. Um, you know, if you want to go with with, um, with Landis Durham, the, the sure. defensive lineman for a and I think he's in the conversation um, for defensively. You know, Gary Johnson's been been great as well for Texas. But right now, I'd probably lean towards Ty Summers as the defensive MVP. Um, unless I'm really just blanking on somebody. I yeah. I, I don't think I am. Maybe Josiah Tauaifa. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, Tauaifa has I mean, fan, been, awesome. been, been fantastic so far. But, but it's hard to get excited about that. Team. Yeah, yeah. And,
0: well, I'll, I'll give a special shout-out to, uh, you know, I'll leave commendations for you, but I'll give a special shout-out to, to EJ Ajaya for UNT. Yes. Um, this defense for UNT has been really good. And, again, they have kind of faltered a little bit the past couple of weeks, but through the first couple of weeks of the season, I mean, this UNT defense was yeah. dominant, just absolutely mm-hmm. dominant. And, and I think Ajaya has been a big part of that. Um, and again, you know, if we're, if we're grading it on that curve that we're talking about of expectations versus reality, mm-hmm. I think that UNT's yeah, Car-
1: Kari Muhammad for their their safety has been great as well. Mm-hmm. But I would, yeah, I think you're right. I think those are guys. To me, it's more clear cut on the offensive side who the yes, best offensive yes, player in the state yes. is. Defensively, there's there's a big mix of guys. It's special time. Well, Greg, uh, we're actually going to head out um, after the
0: break. We'll come back and we'll do a very abridged version of our previews because we have gone very long so far. But, uh, but you can follow Greg at Tepper, find all his work on TextFootball.com. Greg, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for letting me be on your awesome podcast. You're welcome. You're welcome. The, the best podcast, in my opinion, that Dave Campbell's TextFootball puts out. You're fired. <laughs> Make sure and check out Greg's daily podcast, Monday through Friday. TextFootball today. It streams live on uh, our Facebook page, excuse me. And, uh, and you can also subscribe to it on everywhere that you get this podcast as well. Thanks again to Greg Tepper for joining the show. But, man, we went a little bit long there. We're going to have to speed this on up. But we're going to move on to picks right now. As I mentioned on the Sunday show, I'm 12-11 against the spread so far. And well, let's get right to it. Thursday night, TCU hosts Texas Tech, 6.30 p.m. on ESPN. TCU is 7-point favorites against the Red Raiders. And I don't know. I, I don't feel good about that. I, I don't feel good about TCU being favored right now. So far, the most that we've seen from TCU is looking good against Ohio State. Otherwise, it was a bad performance against Iowa State. It was a bad performance against Texas. Uh, And and Texas Tech, we don't know a whole lot of what to think about them either, but they played West Virginia really close. 42 to 34 is the final after they included, uh, or inserted, excuse me, Jet Duffy into the lineup after Alan Bowman went out. Bowman is expected back for the game on Thursday, but we don't know who's gonna start. Same with TCU. Sean Robinson uh, has been dealing with injuries as well, but we do think that he's gonna be back and ready to go on Thursday night, I'm going to pick Texas Tech 31 to 27. So not only do they do they cover, I think that they're going to win outright. Uh, Tech has just shown a little bit more uh, on both sides of the ball, really. Um, you know, especially the last couple weeks on defense, they've stepped up. I think that they're a more complete team at this point, and I still think that Sean Robinson is going to struggle with turnover issues. Moving on to Texas State playing against Georgia Southern, 6 30 p.m. on ESPNU, also on Thursday night. The Bobcats are 17.5 point underdogs. It looks like Tyler Vitt's going to be the starting quarterback heading forward for Texas State. He had 296 yards, three touchdowns, and added 92 yards on the ground a week ago, although it did come in a 42-27 to loss. That was never really that competitive against Louisiana. Georgia Southern is the same old Georgia Southern that we've seen before. They absolutely crushed South Alabama 48-13 to last week. I think that Georgia State wins easy. I don't think Texas State quite has enough on either side of the ball to keep up with Georgia Southern. I think that the, uh, Georgia Southern ends up winning 42 to 21. Texas State cannot cover. Moving on to Saturday. Rice hosts UAB at noon on ESPN+. The Owls are sixteen and a half point underdogs. Hey look, as everyone knows, I picked Rice last week. I thought that they had something special happening. It's hard to see that going this week against UAB, a team that just a week ago won 28-7 over Louisiana Tech. 16.5 points just isn't enough to me. I think UAB takes care of business 35-13 against the Owls, and I think the Owls move to 1-6 on the season. Next up, we've got another game that I'll be attending, UNT versus Southern Miss. Southern Miss a fantastic defense, but UNT is favored by 9 points at this point. 1 p.m. on ESPN 3 at Apogee Stadium. A week ago, UNT struggled out to a 27-24 win over UTEP on the road in El Paso. Not a very impressive performance against one of the worst teams in all of college football. Southern Miss had a bye last week, but lost a week earlier to Auburn 24-13. UNT should win this football game. They should win it by more than 9 points. But it'll be an important one because we'll have to learn whether the UNT that we saw last week against UTEP and the week prior against Louisiana Tech, whether that's the real UNT team or whether the team that we saw the first couple of weeks, the first four weeks of the season, is the real UNT. It's going to be a big game for UNT's division title hopes. And I think that UNT pulls away 35-21. to Next up, number 22, Texas A&M travels to South Carolina at 2.30 p.m. on the SEC Network. The Aggies are just two point favorites at this point after beating Kentucky 20 to 14 a week ago. South Carolina hasn't looked very good this season. Quarterback Jake Bentley appears to have taken a step back. Um, They only win by two last week with a backup quarterback against Missouri at home. And I think that A&M is able to go in there and win pretty easily. I actually think this is gonna be a 35 to 17 ball game. A&M is able to get every phase of their offense and defense rolling and cruised to a victory over South Carolina, the quote-unquote uh, division rival, from cro- or cross-division rival, rather. Number nine, Texas takes on the Baylor Bears at 230. Texas is a 14-point favorite against the Bears uh, after beating Oklahoma 48-45 a week ago in the Red River Showdown. Baylor, on the other hand, did pick up their fourth win of the season after beating Kansas State 37-34 But they still struggle to give up big plays. As I mentioned, we've got a big article up on that on TexasFootball.com about Baylor's issues to contain the big play. I think that Baylor's able to keep it close, though. I think that they've got enough offensively to hold on to the ball for stretches, make life a little bit difficult for Texas defense. But Texas wins fairly easy, 31-21. But I will pick Baylor to cover. UTSA hosts Louisiana Tech, 6 p.m. on ESPN+. The Roadrunners are 13-point underdogs to Louisiana Tech who, again, two weeks ago beat UNT. UTSA did show some signs a week ago on defense, winning 20-3 against Rice on the road in Houston. In Louisiana Tech, they struggled against UAB, losing 28-7 against uh, the Blazers. But Louisiana Tech is just a much more complete team than UTSA at this point. They've showed a lot of signs on both sides of the football. But I think UTSA's defense is going to keep it close enough. Now, the offense won't get anything going, I don't think. But defensively, I think that the, the unit's going to step up, play well. Louisiana Tech wins 24-13, but UTSA will cover. Finally, Houston travels on the road to East Carolina, 6 p.m. on CBS Sports Network. Check your local, local listings for that one. Houston is 16-point favorites against ECU. After beating Tulsa 41-26 a week ago, ECU beat North Carolina earlier in the season, and that's basically the only nice thing that I can say about them to this point. Earlier on, they lost to North Carolina A&T. A couple of other bad losses on the schedule, including a 49-6 loss to Temple last week. And Temple has a good defense, but they're not usually scoring 49 points. Houston's going to have no problem with this game. I think if they win 42-10, and I'm hoping, I really am hoping, I mean, <laughs> I, that they are able to turn this into momentum. You know, people ask me sometimes, what are you rooting for as, as a college football watcher? And the reality is, you know what, I'm part of Dave Campbell's Tex Football. I'm part of TexFootball.com. I want all the teams in the state of Texas to be good. And Houston is right on the cusp, as we mentioned during our last segment. They're right on the cusp of moving towards that 10-win, maybe conference title caliber. They have to prove against ECU that this is the type of team that they are. I think that they can do it to an extent. I think that they can win 42-10. to 10, And I think that Houston can move, pick up another win to move to 6-1 on the season. Anyway, everyone, thank you so much for sticking through us with a very, very full show. But I hope that you guys enjoyed it. It's the midway point of the college football season, which is crazy to think. It's really crazy to think that we're already halfway through the season, but we are. As I mentioned, I'm your host, Shahan J. Raja, the college football insider at Dave Campbell's Texas Football. You can find all my work on TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Store, wherever you find your podcasts. Give us a five-star review. You can follow me on Twitter at Raja. That's at S-H-E-H-A-N-J-E-Y-A-R-A-J-A-H. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Thanks again to Greg Tepper. You can follow him at Tepper. And folks, we're ready. It's week seven. We're ready for another exciting week of Texas college football. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will be back with you guys once again on Sunday.